This is Talk Freight. Talk Freight. And this is Craig Bliss. What's up, everybody? It is Craig. And on this Talk Freight Thursday, we're going to talk about are brokers to blame for the low rates or are they simply a shipper scapegoat? That's what I want to talk to you guys today on this Talk Freight Thursday. And of course, this podcast is simply my opinion but I hope you guys hear me out. You know, I said it before, you guys definitely don't need me here on a podcast to tell you guys uh, the freight volumes and the freight rates across the board are at an all-time low. In my Facebook group, Freight Brokers and Truck Drivers, you know, I get over about 50 posts a day from drivers writing about brokers, you know, ripping them off, uh, taking advantage of them during a pandemic, lowering rates so low, that their trucks can't even profit a dime and in turn hanging up their hat and quitting. That, my friends, is what really grinds my gears. Of course, out of all these posts during the day, uh, truck drivers, they talk about more issues than that, especially uh, the issues they have with the industry and towards brokers. But those are the common ones uh, that I see every day. Not all of them gets approved, my friends. You know, I think a lot of listeners here know that that not all posts in the group freight brokers and truck drivers get approved um, for a host of different reasons, mainly because if it's reposting or ranty posts or posts that don't help other members, they get declined. But a lot of posts, especially talking about their opinions and their challenges that they're facing and that they're seeing themselves in the industry, those, of course, they get approved. And now I totally understand during this pandemic, you know, freight volumes are clearly down, okay? This podcast not about that. I just wanted to mention that again because, you know, during pandemic, no one can help that the ports are closed, that most warehouses are closed, that shippers are not able to ship, especially if they're not classified as essential. And we all know a lot of freight in the industry is not quote unquote essential. However, it's definitely essential, essential for the livelihood and the success of your business. And now that being said, I want to talk about how no uh, industry influencer, if you will, is speaking up about the low freight rates in the industry. You know, if they are talking about it, if I do hear them talking about it, um, in my opinion, I feel they are blaming it on the shippers or quote unquote, the low fuel costs implying truckers don't need to make a livable wage. Again, I'm going to say it. That's my opinion. But to me, it is funny to see people making videos, talking about the industry bloodbath, but tiptoeing around the fact, brokers, you know, they have red on their hands too, if you will. To me, it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, just yesterday on that freight wave show called With Sonar, they actually had two dudes on camera saying something in the tune of brokers can't reduce costs because they have fixed expenses. Therefore, they have to suppress rates to stay open. And now, Everybody knows I'm a huge, huge fan of freight waves. Um, I'm actually a fan of most video creators in the logistics space who are there to help drivers, you know, the small fleet owner, um, the agent and all that jazz. However, it threw me back or threw me through a loop when they literally said carriers have variable expenses they can control. And now I agree by definition only carriers do have variable expenses in a sense. However, I don't agree uh, with what they said. One of the things they said was carriers can reduce maintenance costs. And now before I move further, 
I'm noticing I'm saying carriers a lot. When I say carriers, I'm also meaning my truck driver friends. Um, but they mentioned carriers can reduce maintenance costs. And now I don't know about you, but when I'm driving down the road, you know, driving down the interstate, if you will, and I see uh, an 80,000 pound, you know, chunk of metal on wheels in my rear view mirror, I kind of want to feel confident that truck is, you know, maintained properly, uh, compliant with DOT maintenance standards. And I don't want to start thinking that driver had to cut out maintenance, you know, cut out his maintenance budget just to keep his truck fueled or to stay in business. Again, absolutely ridiculous. Not only that, they ended it with our common broker centric line of, but fuel costs are lower. Again, implying a lower fuel cost are helping drivers. Come on now. They don't drive unleaded Honda Accords people, okay? Without them even saying their experience or their past experience in the industry, I knew right then the logistics you know, career only consisted of brokerage experience. I don't blame them. I'm so huge fans of you know, most people at FreightWaves, including you know, a lot of their podcasts and video shows that they produce. You know, but again, I have to say it, I was actually shocked that they justified brokers lowering rates because they have fixed costs, okay? You know, again, <laughs> it's just my opinion is not right to lower rates so low a common carrier is unable to make a livable wage off the spot market. I watched what I said there, okay? Because I don't want people to start attacking me for contracted rates, spot rates, and so forth. So I made sure to say the common carrier is unable to make a livable wage off the spot market. And now the carriers, the small fleets, the drivers with a little bit of savings or a little bit reserved, they're probably going to do all right if they had a plan before this pandemic started. But we all know reality is not like that. Um, I actually just heard recently that the majority of Americans do not even have $1,000 in savings in their bank. That's just a situation. That's reality. And so when people are expecting truck drivers to live off a reserve while still driving, um, it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I mean, a livable wage can be classified and defined, if you, if you will, differently from, you know, each person or a different operation. However, I think we all should know a livable wage is paying for the equipment, paying for the fuel, um, paying for the trip to deliver that freight. Anything less <laughs> is not a livable wage. Um, and that's what I'm looking at. And so the action of these brokers and not only brokers, a lot of these logistics coordinators who represent them actually are showing truckers the lack of compassion they have. And of course, the understanding of actual trucking expenses. Now I already know. Before you get ahead of yourself, everyone is gonna start screaming, but Craig, trucking is a commodity, um, it's supply and demand, you know, et cetera. Or Craig, as a broker, I don't need to understand truckers or carriers' expenses and base my rates solely off of that. And now I can agree to a point. I've been a broker, I worked on the shipper, I've worked on the carrier side. But the issue I have here is people and by people i mean you know people with industry influence or video creators they're attempting to try to persuade us that the industry brokers have to lower rates to stay open while completely ignoring drivers pleas for help you know it's just mind-boggling a lot of people are sitting here 
you know, justifying the action of brokers, justifying lowering rates um, to a, a wage that's not even livable, just, uh, you know, while ignoring the driver's pleas for help. I, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. And, you know, I know a lot of drivers who had, you know, who've had their lenders push out of payments or even their insurance companies extend the grace period. But even with that, in my opinion, I feel it's way too late and brokers and shipper decision makers and people with influence in the industry have to start acknowledging that. One thing that I keep hearing is about these stimulus checks. I even did a video about the PPP grants and different um, funding options, if you will, with grants and loans that anybody, any American take advantage of. But you think a trucker has gotten a stimulus check, okay? You think a trucker is having success or you think a trucker has received a grant they applied for? No, not yet at least, okay? But on the same hand, I bet you I could throw a rock inside of a, you know, a mega brokerage and probably hit at least 35 brokers or their data scientists who have received at least a stimulus check. Yet, those same people are working from home, justifying their action, and flexing their feathers to these drivers in the industry, directly lowering rates. It doesn't make sense to me. And now, talk about the stimulus check. I don't blame them. And I'm not using that as, well, they're making more money, so they shouldn't lower rates. That's not what I'm saying. I'm making a point in the industry that while at the same time, these brokers and logistics coordinators who represent them are lowering rates, the drivers are also scraping by without any extra income while still being forced to accept these cheap rates or these lower rates, okay? Now, the problem I have with these coordinators, you know, these logistics coordinators who represent these brokerages is that they are selling the same contract to freight this week for let's say a dollar 20 mile when three, four weeks ago, they were selling at $2 a mile. And when you ask them, their excuse is, well, us brokers, we have fixed costs too. Please, that's an excuse to avoid acknowledging how they are literally putting profits before people. I honestly cannot think of another excuse except they're putting profits before people. You know, if you guys watched just last week, I believe, I had the CEO of Voyager come on the show. Um, if you're not familiar or if you didn't watch, Voyager is a uh, tech-based brokerage out of Chicago that recently raised something in the tune of 14 million bucks. So that means they're not going anywhere. But anyways, the CEO uh, Matt Silver said something along the lines of, when I worked at Coyote as a carrier representative, I was so concerned about my own commissions, I later found out I put a carrier out of business. Think about that. Go back 10 seconds if you need to. He said, when I worked at a carrier as a carrier rep, I was so concerned about my own commissions, I later found out I put a carrier out of business. Crazy. That trucking company he was using, this is what he said, that trucking company he was using um, that was actually so loyal to him was taking his freight and he later found out the rates were so low. He was selling it to them so low, it actually put them out of business. He made it very, very clear as a CEO of the brokerage. Now, he would not allow that or not allow his team to do that to their partners in the industry talking about carriers and truck drivers. He talked about making decisions that were fair across the board and not just based off of his business profits. That, my friends, is fair. Of course, he started by saying he didn't get to that point 
until he realized what his actions at a brokerage was doing. But the fortunate event or the, um, the silver lining here is he did end up realizing that these carriers, they're relying on these loads. So when they're accepting it for you know cheaper rate than the week before, they're not doing it because they like you. They're doing it because if they don't have this for today, that's lower than it was yesterday. There's a possibility they can't pay insurance on their truck. And if they can't pay insurance on the truck, we all know that MC goes inactive. If that MC goes inactive, well, my friends, they have no business. If they have no business, that means they can't put food on their table, you know, for their families. And if that happens, we all know other people, um, or, you know, those, those people's situations, it gets uh, pretty dire and desperate pretty quick. Okay, so that's what happened. So I'm glad, you know, as I said, the CEO of Forager came on the show and he talked about what he did. And now, not only that, last Monday on my Make More Money Monday show, um, I brought up a small fleet owner, brought on a small fleet owner who also happens to have, you know, a freight agency division um, within his trucking company. And I asked him, are shippers asking you to lower your rates? And do you know what he said? Do you know what he told me? He said, no, but brokers are. Brokers are asking me to lower my rates on my asset truck, but the shippers I work with in my uh, logistics division or my freight agency, they are not. Why does it seem like I am the only, you know, non-driver who's concerned about this? I should not be the only one who is not a truck driver, you know, who's concerned about this. I think that's a problem. You know, everybody sees truck drivers. Um, they view truck drivers when they're on the Facebook or in the Facebook groups, talk about protesting, which we're gonna talk about here in a second. Uh, when they talk about protesting, they say, look at all those drivers whining, okay? That's not the case. That's what most people think when they're not truck drivers. And now, again, I'm gonna brief, you know, briefly talk about it in a few, but everybody knows I used to be partly one of those people, if you will. Um, that's how I used to feel. <laughs> But I bet, you know, most brokers um, doesn't, I, I bet most brokers don't feel the same as I do in regards to being a non-driver who's concerned about the low freight rates. But anyways, if you guys are a regular listener, listener of my show, you guys know I don't typically talk or agree about protests, especially if they're not organized. It's just a personal thing that I have. Um, in the beginning of my freight groups, you know, four or five years ago or so, any protests that happened, I was down for it, down for the cause. However, I quickly learned there's a whole bunch of protests, but not a lot of attractions. So I just wanted to say that. But anyways, a couple days ago, I, I bet a few days ago at this point, um, when I first heard about that 100 plus truck protest down in Houston, you know, my first thought was finally, finally, someone got organized. Finally, someone, you know, rounded up the troops, was able to get 100 plus trucks um, to start some type of movement there in Houston. Well, that moment, <laughs> it was actually very short-lived because all I did was start Googling it, start looking at my group, freight brokers and truck drivers, as well as the other professional groups um, on Facebook. And I realized that was actually not the case. And now, before I go into it, I am impressed. Somebody or people, you know, truck drivers, they were able to organize, you know, over 100 trucks. I'm definitely impressed they were able to organize them in one location and at least get, you know, news crews out there um, and attempt to kind of communicate their message. What I'm highly, highly disappointed in is the fact that whoever or whomever organized this uh, protest, if you will, they were not organized. 
not only were they not organized, they didn't have no goals. You know, all the little videos and video snippets I see on Facebook, um, of course, they were in Spanish. They were not in English, so I, I couldn't um, translate them. But it just sounded like a bunch of people standing in a line screaming, I'm mad. Okay. And of course, at the end, you have people saying, well, Greg, the chief of police of Houston is now looking into wage theft. Insert face palm here. Okay. And now the reason why I talk about it like this, because again, I was impressed by the numbers. I was impressed they all showed up in one location. I was impressed one news crew actually showed up. Again, I was disappointed because it was not organized. I cannot believe they managed to do, you know, A, B, and C, but did not, you know, was not concerned about getting organized or having a plan, you know, outlining goals, all of that. They didn't even have a public speaker to convey their messages to the news crew when they popped up. When the police, you know, pulled up, it is my understanding the police couldn't get a clear answer from these people to figure out why they were there, and they came up with wage theft. Therefore, someone got arrested, you know, they dispersed the protest, and that was about it. Now a lot of drivers are saying, well, we had success because they're investigating wage theft. Again, insert face palm here. There's no wage theft here. At least that's from my understanding of it. They're complaining against brokers due to wage theft. Again. There's no wage theft here. Yes, there is low freight rates and a lack of freight, you know, volume in the industry. And yes, a lot of brokers do have their hand in that um, pot of issues there. However, we're not looking at wage theft, people. That's why these protests just get blown by or, you know, is one, you know, in someone's ear and right out the other. And they don't take them seriously. Okay. You have to start thinking, what would happen if people or drivers, rather, if they get together and actually organize something, actually sit down, maybe pull out a white paper like this and actually write down goals, maybe write down an outline of what they're asking for or what they want. What would happen if they start doing that? That's when I what I'm starting to think about now, because the last few years we had a few protests. Some gained a little bit of traction, but none lasted over a week. I can't think of a single protest that lasted, you know, more than a week or made national news for over a few days. It just doesn't happen because the protests are the same each and every time. Bunch of people getting together, screaming, I'm mad without a clear vision, no outline, no goals and no speaker. That speaker is extremely important. Okay. That speaker just needs to be able to be knowledgeable and what you're fighting for, but also be able to convey that message out to the public. Because as someone said, you need the support of the public to get your message heard. And right now, no one is getting heard because it just looks like a bunch of madmen out there screaming. And now, the reason why I think protests can work if they were organized, for the simple fact, without trucks, what do we have? Okay. What does this country have? This country is built, you know, solely on the hard work and working together as one. I mean, United States, okay? We are also supposed to be the logistics capital of the world. And right now, with the way drivers are being treated, it doesn't seem that way. Brokers right now are for their profits over people. That's just what it is. I'm going to be the only one not afraid to say it because I am just speaking about what I see. Brokers are treating drivers like profits over people and that's not how it should work you have people making more on unemployment sitting at home than drivers who own their own truck delivering food or masks to hospitals please someone please message me and tell me how this makes sense 
Because again, as I say, in my opinion, this does not make sense. And now again, if you skip through this podcast, I said in the beginning, I definitely understand trucking is viewed as a commodity. I've been talking about that for a while. I understand supply and demand. If you guys watch my sonar shows or talk about rates and market conditions, I I definitely understand supply and demand, okay? My issue is rates are so low right now, trucking companies are going out of business. And now one thing's for certain, and one thing I noticed, I don't see a lot of these mega carriers talking about the low freight rates in the industry. I do see an uptick, if you will, on the load board with you know, posted trucks from these megas. However, you know, I think until these shippers take away the contracted rates that they are relying on, the megas will not mention it or they will not uh, talk about the low rates until it starts affecting them directly. Meaning shippers pull out their contracted rates and those mega carriers are forced to go on the spot market. Cause I used to work at shippers and at mega, at mega brokerages who used mega carriers on, on loads. And I do know one thing, those mega carriers or the logistics coordinators who represent um, these megas, you know, they're pretty steadfast on their rates. You know, these megas, if you don't give them the contractor rate, the rates are, you know, what they need to be at, not of that of the market. So they don't, when these brokers call them to ask to use your trucks, their rates are pretty much set in stone. They don't take stuff at a loss, like owner ops and small fleet owners are forced to just stay in business. And so in my opinion, it is my belief when these mega carriers start realizing how low market rates really are or the spot rates really are, I think they will start making noise in the industry that will be heard by other shipper decision makers and other people with influence who can make a change in this industry. Basically, that's my rant for today. (laughs) I know there's a few squirrel moments in between on there, but I know or I feel confident y'all can understand what I'm saying here. I understand, you know, supply and demand. I understand that ports are closed due to a, a global pandemic that neither one of us, you or I, cannot handle. However, I don't understand shipper decision makers as well as brokers and logistics coordinators who represent these brokerages are treating drivers so horribly where they're literally going out of business due to the direct action of these shippers and these brokers. There's a lot more to that, especially the carrier was kind of hanging on a shoe thread or shoestring before this pandemic. Most likely he's going to come out, excuse me, not come out of this pandemic um, successfully. However, this podcast mainly for our other friends in the industry, other carrier friends in the industry who's been planning or who had plans for something like this and still can't stay afloat due to the actions of brokers and shippers lowering the freight rates. Again, that's all I got. Catch me on the next Make More Money Monday, airing this Monday in the Facebook group, Freight Brokers and Truck Drivers. Until then, like always, people, please say no to cheap freight, remain professional, and let's work together to make more money in 2020. I'll see you guys later.